0: Hi, I'm Paul Simpson from the Football Club. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle.
1: Here we come blue and white and we're looking good. You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job and we get goals good. Looking good, we are Carlisle United.
2: Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your canine fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. A battling display sees United pick up a point against an impressive Wigan Athletic side at Brunton Park. We review the 1-1 draw of the Latics before looking ahead to this weekend's game where Exeter City make the long journey up from Devon to Cumbria. Yes, it was the, the first time that the... Uh, the Latex made the trip up the M6 since, I think, the early noughties, actually, technically, in the auto-windscreen shield, wasn't it, last time they came, I think? Was yeah, I
0: think
2: it, um, it was 2000. Yeah, 3-0 win, I seem to remember that was for them that day. Ooh. Yeah, he us apart from what I remember. Um, yeah, so, all things considered, I think we're we're reasonably happy with the result on Tuesday night, are we? Yeah, I think, beforehand,
0: I think it's pretty obvious that Wigan... Are a bottom end championship team artificially yeah. in League One. They, but yeah. they are. Uh, their initial games have shown that they are more than capable of overturning their points deduction. I mean, yeah. they've got rid of seven out of eight after three games, haven't they? So. Yeah, it goes to show, isn't
2: it? It goes to show. Um, yes, mate, how are you doing? We <laughs> should have said it first. <laughs> Yeah, not bad, not bad. Not bad yeah. Looking forward to this weekend's game, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, so just a reminder, obviously, before we get going, uh, once again this season, for the third season in a row, we are sponsored by the Cal United Supporters Club London Bunch. The London Bunch is open to all members, um, wherever where you live, so you live in Berlin, Timbuktu, Kathmandu, um, Pyongyang, maybe Pyongyang, we're not sure about that one, I think we said last week. Maybe. I don't think so. They've probably not got the internet there, so they, they probably can't get, yeah. keep in good contact with them. Um, or if you live in, you know, Harrowby or, you know, Sillif or somewhere like that, you can join up to London Bunch wherever you are. Uh, they do lots of good stuff in terms of uh, tickets for away games and, and travel and things like that and fundraising for the club. Find out more about them at their website, org. or just grab one of the guys selling Hit The Bar at one of the away games this season. Right, Dan. Um, well, let's get sort of straight into it. It's probably going to be a slightly shorter episode today because there's no news to cover, is there? It's been a no. quiet week, interestingly. So, yeah, not nothing to report there. Um, but let's get straight on to the Wigan Athletic uh, game. So, Carlisle won, Wigan Athletic won. Um, yeah, in the end, I think we were trying to be optimistic in the build up, weren't we? No, but maybe we could call a shock something. To get a point out this is a really, really good result, I think, isn't it?
0: It was at half time.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: I think at half time, if we'd been two or three down, I don't think many people would have complained. No,
2: no absolutely. They, they they were comfortably the better side in this one. And it was. I think this is kind of an eye opener to what the top teams in League One are going to be like this season, wasn't it? Compared against. I mean, that they're, they're. look, we'll come on to talk about the game itself in a minute. But for me, they're the best side I've seen in a league game possibly in the last decade in that first half. They were that good, weren't they? You know, they, the way they sprayed the ball about and kept hold of it and they created good chances, to be fair. You know, they, they like you said, they probably should have been further ahead. Wike had one that hit the bar, obviously, and a few other ones. So, yeah, in the, in the end, to battle back like we did, fantastic result. Can't grumble at all, can we?
0: No, not at all.
2: Yep. Right. Uh, when we were at, we, we heard rumours before the game about a, a change of formation and lineup, didn't we, Dan? That was uh, flying around the fans. Um, when it came out, it was the lineup that we'd been told to expect, but the formation wasn't, was it? It was slightly different in that sense. Mm. Yeah. So he's, he's basically not not really surprised seeing that Moxon was back in the starting eleven after missing the Oxford game with his illness, um, but also coming in with Ellison Maguire, with Charters McCallum and back dropping out. I mean, back once again, not playing for a Tuesday night game as they're trying to ease him back from his recovery from his hamstring injury. From what Simmons said after the game, that's the last time we'll have to do that this season, so that's good.
0: Yeah, I um, mean I'm, when when you've got the you know the pizza games and that I would expect Alice to play anywhere. Oh yeah yeah hundred percent. Yeah sure.
2: so I don't think we've got to choose a Tuesday night game now until October have we I think in the league possibly so a little bit of a for in there. Um yeah so that that was the reason for that. Um dropping out the squad altogether we're back as we mentioned before Whelan and Harris um, yeah so first half of this Dan obviously it was it, it was wasn't, men against boys is probably a bit harsh isn't it but Wigan kept the ball so well didn't they in this game yeah that they were, they were they yeah were on they, good went, side.
0: they were they were passing it about for fun
2: it, you don't see many teams at our level do that really do you even at you know League 1 levels you obviously step up from League 2 they're still fairly direct most teams aren't they
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the the light, when you looked at the line up, it was strong, you know. And, you know, uh, Matt Smith, who was a sign from Arsenal, and uh, what was the lad beside him? Was it 26? A Deco, was it? A Deco, yeah. I mean, a Deco, that was,
2: yeah. That was his first start for them. <laughs> yeah. Which is remarkable because he looked like he'd been playing there for years, didn't he? Yeah. Real no, tangible. then, uh, you know, what
0: I mean. McMenamin at playing out wide you know uh, the Norwegian lad is it, uh, what was Asgard. his name? Asgard,
2: Asgard.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I mean they, they all they all looked at Asgard had a hint of Harry McCurdy about him for me I
2: thought was that just a long hair and the ponytail you think? thinking? no <laughs>
0: just uh, he looked a little bit cheeky when he came yeah. off with his injury you know a little Seem to wink and laugh, and you know, well, if, you,
2: if you watch the goal celebration, we'll talk about the goal in a minute with Wyke's goal. He, he's doing a shush to the, to the Warwick and isn't he? Whereas Wyke's sort of just not celebrating, isn't he? So, yeah, it makes him look a little bit stupid when he's doing that, but um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they, they had just so much talent, especially in attack, really. And even in defence, they look so comfortable on the ball, didn't they? Really, you know, all of them playing out the lad from Bayern Munich, obviously, you'd expect that, wouldn't you? but Really, really impressive side. Even though Sean Clare playing at right back. You know he looks a really good signing as well from Charlton. This sort of, um, but first half in terms of chances, <clears throat> there was a couple of long range efforts early on from uh, Lang and Mac- uh, McManaman that um, went just wide. Charlie White then hit the woodwork. Um, good save by Hurley Actually swung because it sort of bounced up and mm. almost over him, didn't it? So he did well to react. And um, and then came the goal. Um, I think the most frustrating thing, Dan, is it's another sloppy goal, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, we were nowhere near Wiggins' level uh knocking yeah. it about in the first half. And, you know, it was a bit of a guy who'd done well to win the ball. Yeah. But then undid the good work with a bit of a, a poor
2: pass towards, was it Moxon, I think? He was aiming for Moxon, yeah, and it got to a deco. Yeah. And then a deco yeah. gets away. And is this one of those moments where Moxon needs to take a booking and pull the lad down? Yeah, Possibly. That's what, for me, I felt he, he probably could have done that. He didn't. The Dico kind of sprints well deep into our half and then it's it's one of those ones where should Lavelle maybe stay on his feet? He sort of, sort of lunges in to try and win the ball instead of trying to stay with Wyke. As it was, the ball perfectly finds Wyke through on goal and it, it's a beautiful finish over Holy, isn't it? Nothing Holy could do there. Holy's got to sort of make himself big and, and dive at his feet and and Wyke just dinks it over him into the back of the net and it's, it's 1-0 and I mean, what were you thinking at that point? Were you thinking, this could be a really long night?
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, we, we we hadn't done much prior to the goal. And it was one of those, if they, if they get another quick, this could be a, you know, a hard, hard night. But uh, no, we, we 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 sort of rode the storm until half-time, didn't we? And,
2: yeah, I, mean, I think Hughes hit the post as well for them, didn't he, with a header from a yeah. free kick as well. And then we had our one really big chance of the half Right, at the end of the half, just before half time, where Gibson did well on the left, cuts inside into his right foot and sends a lovely ball to the back post. Edmondson just peels off his defender. I've seen a few people say he could do better. Maybe I think it's a tough one because he's sort of stretching to get something on it, isn't he? It's it was very similar to the, to
0: the Garner header against Fleetwood.
2: Yeah, it it Except, I, I think I think this one's probably tougher than the Garner one. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning back to, get it. to it
0: the way it went down and bounced up, it was very, yeah. very similar.
2: Yeah. I think the keeper might have had it covered if it had been on target, if it had bounced a little bit lower. But um, as it was, it didn't. Um, into the second half, a little bit of a tweak from somewhere in the formation into this second half a little bit in. Um, Wigan did sort of dominate the early stages of the second half. They had an early chance where Asgard was unmarked outside the box and he hit a shot that wholly palmed away. And that just seemed to wake us up a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. they'd cut us open then and suddenly we became awake and... The goal, it all owes down to the hard work of Jordan Gibson in the industry from him, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, did great in tracking back, winning the ball and turning and moving with it.
2: Yeah, I think when you watch the highlights back, you think he only tracks Smith for a little bit and then wins the ball. But actually, he runs almost across the length of the pitch. It's about a good 40 yards. He tracks Smith and then just nicks it off him. Gets away, plays a little one-two with Maguire... Maguire's in, cuts inside, hits a low shot that deflects off Mellish, which catches out the keeper. He can only palm it out, and there's Mox and Johnny on the spot to fire it in the reef of the net and make it one uh, one. And mm. uh I think you said, Dan, didn't you, that the roar when the ball hit the back of the net was just something just something you can't beat, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and then, you know, from then the, the all three sides of the ground were were getting behind them and mm. sort of it shell shocked get a little bit, I thought. You know, they were like we've
2: got a game now you know yeah oh we're not gonna have the freedom of just spraying it yeah. about a bit. and actually they did have chances after this weekend some good chances but they didn't dominate in the same way did they it was very much end-to-end from that point of both teams having a really good it was a good game for a league one football actually the second half i'd say um i mean not long after that we could have easily gone 2-1 up when um there was a cross um from Mox to the far post that Edmondson almost got the end up with the keeper palms away. Plange had a header from a Gibson cross that he put just wide. Up the other end they did have two chances um, where Humphreys and Lang wasted opportunities. Lang especially, he was clean through on the left and he had I don't know why he tried to play it onto his right foot. Just go with your left foot and hit it really, you'd think. In the end maybe a point slightly harsh on Wigan but I think actually for the hard work we put in the second half I think it's fair enough, don't you?
0: Yeah, uh, Wigan can rule not Convert a couple of chances before we scored, but after the goal, we were the better team. So the draw was probably about right.
2: Very much a tale of two halves, though wasn't it? In that sense, I mean, Wigan dominated that yeah. first half. Second half, much more balanced, and like you said, probably edged by us after our sort of fight back and showed a bit of spirit, wasn't it? It was. It was really good to see. Um, in, in terms of Wigan, before we talk about United and what happened there. Uh, I've got to say, if they play like they did the first half the rest of the season, I, I wouldn't back against them for the players, would you?
0: No, I, I, they're going to be up there for me.
2: Yeah, even the uh, minus eight points. Yeah, they're, they're just, they
0: look, you know, Maloney looks as though he's, he's done all right there, doesn't he? Yeah, he's done a really, really
2: good job to fair. And fair play, the Wigan fans coming down making a decent racket on a Tuesday yeah. night, you know, not a bad following good, for...
0: Good, good, good to see, you. good following on a on a Tuesday night because
2: it uh, doesn't happen very much. Well, quite often these Tuesday night games, the league gives against teams like Cheltenham and Exeter and stuff like that, don't you? You're like, what's the point? Like, no one's going to travel. It, it, it kills the atmosphere for these games. You know, sometimes you want a couple of those local games to be the Tuesday night ones. Not all of them, I don't think, but you know, just a couple just to maybe boost the crowds a little bit for them. Um, yeah, I thought fantastic effort from them. They, I don't know what's that weird thing they do when they get a corner. Because you know, normally you do that. There's that drum, there, do, 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 do. They yeah. do something different. Than they go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. It's like they're trying to eat one of the pies and it's a, it's a bit hot for them, isn't it? Or something like that. That's what it's like.
0: <laughs> if you say oh, so. I, I've, got to, I've how, got to tell you. How do you eat your pies? <laughs> I know.
2: But um, I, I've got to tell you, Greg Bullman will, will not forgive me if I don't share his joke he told at the game last night. He said, uh, the, the, the Wigan fans must be delighted when they picked up the tickets and saw that they're... They were they were going in the pioneer stand. No, no. No, you've
0: got the tumbleweed sound effect.
2: Okay. There you go, Greg. That's that's your joke. I have probably told it wrong, and he's probably going to be really angry now. On <laughs> yeah. So you didn't you didn't, you didn't you didn't you didn't nail it. Oh, I apologise, Greg, if I didn't. But there you go. Um, so yeah, so similar for this one. We mentioned the fact that he went for a back four. It, it was a change in uh, in terms of that. So obviously, your back four with back. Huntington, Lavelle and um Armour. Mellish did keep his place in the team, he went into a midfield. It was a midfield diamond though, so you had Guy sitting, then you had your two sort of your left side was Mellish, your right side was Moxon, then Gibson just in front of them behind the front two of Maguire and Edmondson. I don't think it really worked the diamond to you. Um no
0: uh, uh, Did it make Guy play too deep? Uh I think Mellish as a midfielder only works mid match when we adjust,
2: possibly. what is is saying I don't I think Melish was probably one of the better midfielders in the first half. He was the only one chasing things down and trying to be industrious and trying to break a little bit into the, beyond the back line and stuff. For me, I think I think it left Guy very exposed. He was sitting there deep and he didn't really have anyone around him. Um I think he did not get the best out of Moxon in the slightest. He, he was barely involved at times in the first half, and he was kind of like, oh, this, "This really isn't working for me." The problem with it when you play diamond is what you really need is two fullbacks that really bomb forward, don't you, and attack? Because you think back to when we had it under under Greg Abbott, your fullbacks then would be like Simic and Robson, wouldn't they? And they'd get forward as often as they could to support the you know the attackers, but. Both Ellis and Armour have to do so much defending this game and we're so exposed out wide, where Wigan were very strong, it meant it just didn't quite have the impact, did it?
0: No, no. Uh, we needed to make the changes and obviously played a lot better afterwards. But I'm, I'm just, Diamonds work, but not against such strong opposition, if that yeah, makes I- sense.
2: No, I think yeah, I think you've got to bang on the money there. I think that it might, it's one of those ones where we'll talk a bit later when we do the Exeter preview, whether we, we use it this weekend against Exeter.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to, with no disrespect to Exeter, I would, well, obviously we haven't seen Exeter yet, but you would place Wigan above Exeter in terms yeah. of strength. I would expect it to work better against an Exeter than a Wigan or maybe yeah. a Fleetwood, you know. Yeah.
2: When we played it on Derby, it was the kind of one where we tried to dominate possession and, and keep the ball a lot, wasn't it? Whereas yeah. we were ne- we were never going to do that on Tuesday night. Realistically, I know we're at home, but they're a much better side than us. <laughs> that's that's just the you know the the hard facts on that one. Um, so, yeah, switched to four three three. certainly had a positive effect. I thought Edmondson was very effective out wide, actually, which is ironic considering Simo's comments after the Harrogate game, <laughs> isn't it, really? Yeah. He really caused problems there. Um, Gibson as well, playing from the left as well. I mean, normally, Gibson, he's one of those ones I've always thought he's so much more effective playing on the right, but actually, he had a great game playing the left, didn't he? You know, um, I mean, well, let's talk about him first then, Dan. I mean, where would you put that performance from uh, Jordan Gibson in terms of his time as a Carlisle player?
0: Certainly up there.
2: Yeah. So effective. It has, has to be, yeah. yeah. What, what impressed you about his performance on, on Tuesday night?
0: Uh, it just seemed to come together for him.
2: Hmm. If that's
0: the correct
2: terminology. Correct term, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kind of just felt like it was clicking. He was demanding the ball, wasn't he? And he was he was dragging defenders out the way. He was his use of the ball was was much better than it has been at, at times in the past. But I mean, is there a strong argument? He's probably been our best player in these opening three league games. Uh, he's
0: definitely up there.
2: Yeah, that for me, I think I think he. I would maybe wouldn't say comfortably is, but he, 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 he's de- yeah. I think I, I agree. If there's anyone else contending with him, he's up there though, definitely definitely is one of the best and just need to see more of that don't you it's one of those ones if he keeps doing that is what you look and think right we need to start getting tied down on a longer deal because his deal runs out at the end of the season so you don't want to end up losing him like you might lose others um yeah, yeah. uh sean Maguire first start what do you think
0: not bad uh he obviously had a family related problem at the weekend yep. uh hopefully everything's uh all good for him now but yeah, I mean he, he was always gonna tire, I think, because you know, he's he's still he's still catching up a little bit. But uh no, uh, good signs. Uh I think once he hits his full fitness in a couple of weeks, we could have a very useful player.
2: Yeah. I think he he used the ball very well. He's very good at nipping about and trying to nick it back and stuff like that. We're going to need a few players like that who are good at nicking the ball back, aren't we, this season? Because we are going to be relying on playing counter-attacking football a lot of the time, I think. So it's really good to see him be good at that. But I agree with you, if I'm going to get his fitness up, he could be a really, really big player for us. Well, yeah. come on, I've, I've, I've delayed it long enough because me and Mike and others that we saw at the game took the mickey out of you for your uh, Luke Plange scorer prediction. On uh, for Tuesday night now he didn't score but credit where it's due he had a good game didn't he?
0: just called me the oracle
2: <laughs> what, what did you make of his performance because I, I thought when he first came on he did something he'd done at Oxford on Saturday where he got the ball 35-40 yards from goal and tried a low left foot shot that went straight at Darin, uh, Darin Emerson, uh, Ryan Edmondson and I was kind of like it's oh, more of the same just, what, what, what's he doing? But after that, he really stepped up on Tuesday night, didn't he? And his performance was excellent.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's another week in. He'll be a little bit more settled. He'll be more used to it. He'll be knowing, starting to know the lads, getting used to being up at Carlisle. You've got to remember, he's coming a few hundred miles, you know. Yeah. Yeah. At, at a young age, it's, it's a big move for him. Uh, yeah, no, more of the same and uh, we'll be a lot happier.
2: Do you think he's the kind of player who's probably going to be a bit, bit, bit more of an impact sub for now?
0: For uh, players like that, yeah. Mm. But not... Simons always talked about having starters and finishers, and yeah. with increased with increased injury time, finishers are almost playing as many minutes as starters. Yeah. you know, so it's uh, it's it's good it's good to have options to switch round, you know, so when someone does have a little dip, yeah. you know, you can switch it round. You know, I mean, Butterworth hasn't featured much. He's still got games to play. You yeah. know, we, we all know we want another one in, so...
2: Yeah, definitely. I think we're probably going to have to wait a little while for that, I suspect. But but there you go. But no, i I like to agree. I, I thought it was impressive, especially when he drifted out wide. I thought he looked really, really useful, and he caused a few problems. And yeah, I... I you can see the ability there, can't you? I think he just needs to click on quicker that he's not playing under-21 one football anymore and he hasn't got as much time in the ball. But then again, he's not the only one. There was plenty of other players who were like that on Tuesday night. I think Gaia Moxon a couple of times were caught out on the ball and I think they need to click on a little bit quicker that, OK, we're not going to have the same amount of time we had in League 2. So, you know, it, it'll, it'll take time. I'm sure we'll get there. Um, what was your thoughts on the back four? That played, obviously, we had back... Huntington, Lavelle, and
0: uh, I thought Jack Ellis did all right coming back in. Mm. Uh, Jack Armour was okay. I thought they were just okay. Uh, I think Lavelle looked a little bit better in a four than a five, but I mm. think he's more a central player anyway. If we have a
2: three, yeah, for me. I feel, I feel Lavelle. I think he had a decent game-ish defensively, but I have a slight concern about him playing the left side of that back four of the the two mm. centre backs because. There was two or three times first half where he tried to pass a ball to Armour and he used his right foot. And cause of the direct because of the way you play with your right foot in that position instead of a left footer, it, the ball basically went straight to, to one of their players instead of Armour. And we got caught on the break a couple of times. So that's where I have a slight concern. Other than that, I've, yeah, I thought they were, they were excellent. And as you say, Ellis, fair play to the lad. That was a really, really tough test for him. But I thought he he limited Asgard's opportunities, didn't he? Um I then Barkley came on and did a good solid job to cover for the last 10 or 15 minutes, didn't he? So yeah. really, really good to see. Um, right, uh, should we play one of our... Well, the only six-second review actually we have got this week. So this is uh, our old friend Regan, and here is his 60-second review. Uh,
1: yeah, Wigan at home. Um, see, so a good point. Much improved from, uh, from Saturday. The change in shape clearly done something. Yeah. Um, the first half, I think we just kind of rode it out and made sure that we got to half-time, no more than one down. Um, and then the second half, with the change in shape, uh, we come into the game a lot more and we and we definitely held our own and obviously got the goal and pushed. Potentially could have had another one, but, you know, obviously you take the point point. they're a really good team, the way they knock the ball about. Um, I do like Edmo out wide. I think he's more influential there. Uh, potentially years ahead, he could be that man that sticks up front and... You know, he could be a kind of like Charlie White type of player. Um, but I think Gibson was really good today. Um, probably one of the best games he's had in a Carlisle show. He's really effective and plunges well off the bench. I think it's telling of his character that he, when he's um, when he's tracking back or when he's battling for the ball, all the players are always going over him and sort of telling him to keep going on that. Um, I think if they weren't doing that and they were just walking away, then... Uh, yeah, it would reflect quite poorly on him. Um, I think one player who, uh, who's not at the club anymore potentially kicking himself a little bit if he's still keeping an eye on for us. is Amari Patrick because in the system that we lined up in in that second half, he would have been really effective um, and he'd have got another crack at League One. But, you know, that's just how it is. We've got the players there now to play out wide and uh, yeah, on to Saturday, up the Blues.
2: Pretty uh, good assessment, I think, there from Regan. Interesting point about Patrick there, though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I hope he
0: got those dishes put away
2: <laughs> yeah he's enjoy- busy doing the dishes while he's uh, recording with us but, there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah interesting one about Patrick obviously because he had a great start at Sutton on the first game two defeats in a row since then so yeah but then again it, it's about being happy isn't it if he's happier down south then and good luck to the lot Um pretty much fair on all the other points, I'd say. Interesting one about plans and noticing that the players are all, you know, encouraging and stuff. I guess that's a sign of, you know, maybe the lad's confidence is down a little bit from those first few games and not making the impact. And they all just want to give him a bit of a lift, don't they?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, the the major, not the majority, but a large percentage of last season's squad, which is deemed, you know, one of the best in terms of, you know, friends and atmosphere and that are there and I think I've noticed a couple of the new signings say it's been very easy to slot in so yeah. it obviously is a good dressing room at the moment you know so
2: Yeah it's good to see isn't it it's good to see. Right um, before we go to the mid-show break then Dan shall we have a quick rundown of the League 1 results uh, for midweek um, Barnsley not having the best of starts are they I think it's fair to say Um they've lost 3-1 at home against Peterborough who had. Are... I think we kind of expected them to be up there. I think we all sort of predicted them to be round about the playoffs, didn't we, I think, for this season, from memory. Um, Barnsley,
0: won 7-0 on the first game.
2: Yeah, it's mad, that, isn't it? Well, I, I say they haven't had a great start, but they won the first game 7-0. <laughs> but but then, have they won a game since then? I'm just double-checking. Yeah. Um, well, they've drawn one since then. So maybe, yeah, the, slow to go. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh there. But, um, yeah, but yeah of I mean, bear in mind, Peter have won all three games. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? yeah. So, yeah. yeah so yeah, uh, Blackpool 0 Port Vale Nil. Probably not much to say about that one, is there? Um, Bolton 3 Fleetwood 1. Bolton, your, your tip for top spot a flying, Dad. Flying, and, and, absolutely flying. Three f- games in, uh, plus eight goal difference. Only conceded one goal. You know, it could, should have been 3 free nils in a row, shouldn't it, really? But second half, they just lost their heads a little bit. I see that Dion Charles got sent off, which means he can't play against Wigan for them at the weekend. But also Ian Everett was sent off, although he's had his rescinded. I think he's given a £1,000 fine instead. Um, so yeah, great start from Bolton. Cambridge's good start um, came to an end, uh, but Stevenage's great start continues. Mm, 2-1 it's a bit of a that
0: isn't it? Cambridge,
2: Stevenage. Yeah, kind of. It's not too far between um, the two. I, I think the fans, for some reason, don't quite like each other. Oh, that's a strange one I, I imagine they wouldn't have had that much rivalry in the past because they wouldn't have played each other for a long time. I guess. Yeah. But, but there you go. But yeah, two one with Stevenage. I mean, give him some credit. Steve Evans is doing a cracking job there, isn't he? It's pretty yeah. fair to say, He's, you know, some decent recruits this summer and they find themselves in third, I mean, look, we don't want to talk too much about the table this day, but the third place with three games gone, you know, nine points, they'd argue they're 20% of the way roundabout to stay it up, aren't they? So, yeah. you know, they'll be pretty happy with that. Um, obviously, we drew 1-1 one, one with Wigan. Charlton won Bristol Rovers 2. Dramatic game, mm. this one, wasn't it? 98th minute winner for Bristol Rovers at um, at Charlton. Not a bad yeah, start Charlton
0: that. apparently have a lot of injuries early. Oh, I might explain it then, really. Um, because I think they struggled, was it, at Peterborough the week before? On the weekend? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just yeah. looking.
2: They've, they've won one and, and lost two so far. So yeah, yeah. I, I do believe they've got several oh, annoying injuries. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bristol Rovers, one win, two draws, not lost yet. So they'll be pretty happy with that start yeah, for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Derby, though, Oof, not having the best of starts, are they? Um two yeah. one home defeat Oxford United and I mean I wasn't that impressed with Oxford at the weekend, if I'm honest, when we played against them. Early days, I know, but I'm sure Derby would be looking at that thinking, okay, that's a chance for us to get three points on the board and, and get going. But no, as it is, you know, three games in a loss, a win, a loss for them, so not a great start. Uh, Northampton two, Lincoln City two. Two late goals here from Northampton, wasn't it? To get mm, uh, their good first comeback. point of the season. It was uh, Sam Hoskins with a ninety eighth minute equaliser. In this one, brilliant stuff mm-hmm. for them. Could one or two late goals, wasn't there? There was actually, yeah. Um <coughs> Shrewsbury Town two, Burton Albion one. So again, Shrewsbury having a fairly decent start, two wins and a loss. So find themselves in seventh I was, place.
0: I, I think I said in a
2: chat where I was disappointed with the amount of Burton fans because it's it's not that far. Eh? I don't think it's that far, but I'd say is it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's roads all the way, and it yeah. and. Getting from the M6 to Burton is a pain. So I think getting over to Shoesby probably not the easiest. But again, maybe you'd expect one or two more to be there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, certainly Burton are not having a great start at all. Three defeats in a row so far. So not looking great for them. Um, also, three defeats in a row to start the season. Leighton Orient, done Three to defeat Wick and Wanderers who got their first win of the season. Um, bit chaotic this game, wasn't it, by the sounds of things. Yeah. So, um, uh, they had a, a man sent off during the game later on, and then they had both Richie Wellens and Paul Terry sent off uh, after the final whistle for just trying to go and talk to the ref by looks of things. Um, and do you know who the referee was for that game? Yeah. Mr. Thomas Parsons. And if everyone's yeah. thinking, why do I even remember? why remember does that name sound familiar? Mr. Thomas Parsons was, of course, the referee for Carlisle V. last season. So a bit of a taste of his own medicine there, really, isn't it, for, uh, for Wellens? As it is, I think they both had their... Uh, uh, records overturned, yeah, I think. Yeah. So they're going to be able to be on the bench for them this weekend. I don't know how Parsons is a football league referee. He's absolutely a poor. Wow. Never seen him have a good game. But yeah, 3 two win for Wickham. Not a great start for Leighton Orient, though, is it? Really, really struggling without the, a couple of the players they've lost this season. What I'd say is, I was talking with someone about like this. I think they probably have the toughest start of the lot, though, haven't they? When you look at it, Charlton away, Portsmouth at home, and then um, Wickham away. You know, all teams that you know you just. Ex- You'd thought would be right up there this season, wouldn't you? So, not the easiest uh, baptisms in this division. And then uh, Portsmouth won Exeter nil, so narrow win for Pompey, but they'll be happy with that one. And uh, Reading won Cheltenham nil. Oh, Reading, um, that was their first win of the season, which took them ahead of us. And then a day later, they dropped below us, didn't they? Because they've had a point deducted yeah. for not paying the players on time. So you know we we Mo- were in 18th. moved up the table without playing the game. Brilliant, that isn't it? Superb stuff. But there you go. So that that's that's a run up with the League One results uh, for midweek. Uh, we'll be back shortly to a uh, look ahead to the Exeter City game after this break.
1: Hi, I'm O Moxon, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle.
2: Yes, we're into the second half of the show where we're going to be looking ahead to this weekend's game against Exeter City. Uh, it's going to be a slightly shorter show today because we don't have a behind any lines, do we, Dan? Unfortunately, had not had a chance to fit one in, so just going to be me and you talking about all things Exeter City this one. Um, yeah, no, that'll,
0: that'll be good for anyone because it, it's not one of my strongest
2: subjects. But... No, no, we, we, we have a bit of a more knowledge of mostly One teams of them, yeah. there, haven't we, from Platinum yeah, played them played, a lot played in, them a bit, haven't we? In, in, in recent seasons. Um, yeah, so Exeter City... Um, I, I don't know what to make of them this season. I, I, I kind of, I think I predicted they might struggle a little bit because I feel, when you look at the squad, um, I feel like they've lost quite a few key players. And I say that over a level of irony because one of them is Josh Key. But um, they've made a few decent additions. You know, they've always got a few low knees in. Jack H did quite well at um, Forest Green, I think, didn't he? A couple of years back. um. And Tom Carroll's the one that really stands out there. But I mean, what's your thoughts on on exeter this season?
0: Uh, <laughs> the the a bit of a different club Exeter, because obviously the, the they are sort of fan owned yeah. and they've got you know their trust is is one of the best in the country in terms of numbers yeah. and involvement and stuff and they ran quite well. You know they've done well off young player sales in recent years, you know, uh, Grimes, there has been a couple of us, you know, that and they've, they've used that money quite well. And mm. they're not a bad club Exeter. They're, they're quite uh, one way you sort of think, yeah, do all right. You lot Considering your size and location, yeah. that
2: makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're one of those clubs you look at and think, they're probably a slightly smaller club than us, aren't they? Really, they're, they've got they're, they're similar to us in many ways. You know, like I said, they're quite isolated from other clubs. I know they've got Plymouth just down the road, but because of the way Devon is with the roads, it, it's it might as well be a million miles at the time, might <laughs> <laughs> it? Yeah. Um So they've got that. Um, they're they're just just a, like you said, a very well run club. I think the way for us, they should be used as an example for how they handle their youth side of things, shouldn't they? Because they yeah. yeah if you look, I mean, I'm just looking at their squad now on transfer markets now, and it tells you the players that have come through the youth system that summer. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four players have, have come through um, this summer alone into their from their youth system into their um, first-team squad. And I think if you go down through the actual squad, the, the amount who are in there now, who started in their youth setup is pretty high as well. I think there's about four or five more, and that's the kind of thing we should probably be aspiring to, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, everyone loves it when you have young players come through, and you know, we, we we've had our our moments of that. You know, we've we've done quite well over the years at various times, and it's you know, it's at our level, it's something that is it's important, isn't it? You know, because it's basically it's also it's a way
2: of putting money in which at the end of the day runs a game doesn't it absolutely yeah that's, that's that's the key thing isn't it um yeah it, it just kind of feels like they maybe sort of hit a little bit of a ceiling at the moment and this is the problem they had last time they came into to league one isn't it they get to a certain point they maybe find it hard to push above that which is kind of the thing that we have as well in that sense because because there's so many big clubs that come down from the championship now, isn't there? That it, it, it becomes a real challenge to, to try and, you know, compete with them for players. We've seen it this summer. Look, we've been gazumped by other clubs who are offering three times what we can offer in wages, you know, and that's our best paid wages that we're offering there as well. So it, it goes to show the stark difference between the two clubs there, doesn't it? One of the two clubs, so like, between us and the, the haves and the haves not in this level, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, League One's probably the division where you get the most sort of disparity between clubs. I mean, Mm. you look at Derby, thirty odd thousand. You know, you've got teams who can get fifteen to twenty regularly, like Bolton, Portsmouth, Barnsley, Charlton. Charlton, You know, and and then at the bottom end, you have got your your Burton's and Cheltenham who get two to three thousand. So, you know, you you always get. What you in Derby? You would deem Derby a championship size club. Yeah. There's always a couple of those in this division, so it's yeah. it's probably the one where the the difference is most noticeable.
2: Yeah, it's. um I noticed you didn't mention Wigan Athletic in the fifteen to twenty thousand things there because we got an email about this this week, didn't we? <laughs> I'm a Wigan fan, complaining about someone's uh, comments about the well, crowds at Wigan games. Yeah, having,
0: well, so. I, I actually I was looking at Wigan's crowd for some reason the other day, and you know I I remember. Mid nineties when Wigan used to get two three thousand,
2: mm.
0: and yes, when they went in the Premier League years, they were getting eighteen thousand, sometimes even twenty. But the last sort of four or five years, it's more nine to eleven ish.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think his complaint was about our comments about his prim- their Premier League level crowds, which were slightly out, but I don't think they're out as much as he made out. They're about eighteen. No, 19, I don't, I don't, already, I don't so. think it was. Uh, it wasn't taking
0: yeah. on anything, was it?
2: You know? No, no, it's just being realistic, wasn't it? Um, yes, so um, yeah, actually, so you, you wanted to make a bit of a comment about their journey up as well, Dan, before I think you Yeah, that.
0: Uh, interesting that they said that they actually set off on Thursday and oh. they were stopping at uh, Mottram Hall, which is quite well known. Yeah. Quite a few clubs use that here and there. And then on, we're recording today, Friday, they were they were then going from, I think they were the planning to train in the morning at Mottram Hall. Yeah. And then travel up in the afternoon to, I think it's Penrith. North Lakes, was Yeah. And then on to Carlisle Saturday morning. It's not often you get teams do two moats, is it?
2: No. And especially not a club of the size of Exeter. I mean, they must be really wanting to have a go and <laughs> try and win this game. So you can do what they can, is it, you know, small yeah. margins and all that. So fair play to them. Um, Looking through their squad, Dan, standout men for you. Uh
0: sorry, I've got something else to open on my phone. Er.
2: <laughs> uh, quite a lot of turnaround from the squad in the league in League Two, isn't it? Yeah, actually, so I've, it I've, I've two, two seasons in,
0: in. They've had a lot of people go. Hmm. Uh, they've brought a few in, they've used the loan market already, three of them in. Hmm. Uh I don't think there's a real, real standout.
2: Sam is quite a good striker, isn't he?
0: Yeah, Nombe possibly. But I think it's more a, a squad, if you know what that means.
2: Yeah, he looks a very... A squad of solid players, would you say, yeah?
0: Yeah, solid, yeah, yeah. No, no headline, but no. plenty of decent, capable players.
2: Dimitri Mitchell came through Man United's ranks, I think, didn't he? He's, he's quite yes, a decent player. I think yeah. he was a... Blackpool a few years back if I remember right yeah. I'm wrong on that one um, I suppose Piers Sweeney Sweeney's a,
0: yeah. Piers Sweeney's a stalwart isn't it? Yeah. that's a good
2: word I'm going to say he's been there many years now although he did have a brief break away didn't he for one was it one week at Swindon he went to yeah. left them went to Swindon got home very quickly and, and, and rejo- rejoined them Yeah. bizarre move that wasn't it I think we said that before Tom Carroll if they can get him fit and performing he should be a real standout player at this level shouldn't he yeah, he should do. Yeah. Gary Caldwell, their manager, obviously former Wigan manager, he did quite well at Wigan actually, didn't he?
0: He's yeah. one of those
2: ones who's, um, he's maybe, he's got a bit of stick from the work he's done in other jobs, hasn't he? Because he maybe hasn't done as well, but I think he, he's coming to a club here, I think, where he's got a chance to maybe put a bit of stamp on it, hasn't he really? I think they're, they're quite happy to let the manager have a bit of control about the style of play and stuff like that, aren't they?
0: He is a random one. The first three visiting managers to Brunton Park this season have all had decent careers at
2: Glasgow
0: Celtic. That's a good point,
2: That I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, Scott yeah. Brown, uh, Sean Maloney and Gary Colmore.
2: Yeah, I think the next one's much someone, Turner. Someone, someone, mentioned it on,
0: uh, <laughs> someone mentioned it to me Tuesday night, I thought that'll do for the Bugle.
2: Yeah, lovely little fuck there, thank you very much for ever mentioned that to Dan, good stuff. Um, midweek, last time out for X2, we mentioned it before, they lost 1-0 at Portsmouth, no disgrace in that though, Colby Bishop scoring the only goal. I mean he was one of the top scorers in the division last season, so really you'd expect him to be uh, getting a few again this year. Um it was their first defeat of the season though as well. So you know Tony lose one 0 at Portsmouth, I suppose they'll I w they will they will not be happy losing, but they'll they'll say okay, you know, you know, you're not gonna win them all. Solid enough start, isn't it really? Um yeah let us let's, let's move on to some of the other key facts and obviously in terms of the uh, match official for this one, Dan. Adam Herzig. From County Durham, it's his second season as an EFL referee. Uh, This season, uh, sorry, that was another thing I was going to read there that I was not supposed to read. Um, Last season, he handed out 83 yellows and two red cards in 26 games. And the last United game he took charge of was the 1-0 win over Bradford City on Boxing Day last year. No United players booked that day. Yeah, I don't think there's any real controversy in terms of what he's done in Carlisle games yet. So plenty of time for him to, to change that, isn't there, as usual? Um, head-to-head record, 68th meeting between the two sides. Which is incredible when you think at the weekend or well, midweek was our 18th meeting with Wigan Athletic and we played Exeter 50 more times than them. But it's kind of like, it's weird because Wigan have just never been quite the same level as us, has they? They got into the league quite late. And then when we had our little plummet down the leagues, I think they sort of shot up a little bit briefly, didn't they? And then came back down to be at our level. And then we sort of yo-yoed with them for a while, didn't we?
0: Yeah, uh, one of those teams that we just always seem to play, I think. I think mm. the, the playoff games sort of exasperated that a little bit, you know. Yeah. It's,
2: I mean, there's fight what four games in that season alone, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. That, that's added to the total. Well, yeah. three,
0: three of them were in about 15 days, weren't
2: they? Yeah, yeah. well, the Grecians are on top in terms of head-to-head. We've won 20, 18 have been draws, and the Grecians have won 29 of those. Um, yeah. right Dan, you've got a play for both?
0: Yeah, to Belt this week. Uh, Go proper good one. Who are you going for? Proper good one. Uh I am gone for Eric Welsh.
2: Ooh. That's yeah. a good one.
0: Uh born in nineteen forty two in Belfast, Northern Ireland, mm. and apparently still alive at the age of 81 good to, oh, hear. Wow. He was, good to hear he was he was a right winger and mm. i think he uh, he played obviously in junior football in northern ireland and he was picked up yeah. by exeter city
2: mm.
0: uh and he he had several seasons there played over 100 games scored a few goals and yeah. in, in the mid 60s 65 he came to Carlisle united mm. Uh, Spent four years with us, uh, scored 17-75 in the league, and while he was with us, he got a Northern Ireland call-up four times, Hmm. and until recent seasons, was our most capped international for a long, long time. Uh, He was then overtaken by... One or two players who played for
2: various. Reggie Lamb overtook him, and that—that that is a bone of contention for a few people I know. The fact that Reggie <laughs> yeah. Lamb is our record and an international appearance holder. Hallam yeah. Hope was going to be, but some of his mm. got chalked off, didn't they? It I? did. Yeah, poor bugger. Very
0: bizarrely. Yeah. Uh,
2: Welsh would have yeah, got a lot uh, more caps, though, wouldn't he? Because he—the problem for him was he was competing with George Best, wasn't he, <laughs> for a place yeah, in the yeah, Northern yeah. Ireland yeah. team? So yeah.
0: But in a, in, he liked a good move, because uh, when he mm. left us in 69, he went back down to the south-west there. Yeah. He went to Torquay for a couple of seasons. And then after two years there, he went to Hartlepool United for a year. the hell. And he likes then,
2: extremes, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. His, his next teams were in South Africa. He must have moved to South Africa, because oh, wow. he played for Port Elizabeth City, Salisbury and Hellenic Oh. Uh, they're actually nicknamed the Greek Gods, there's a good player. Oh, yeah. and good. he finished his career playing for Distillery or Lisbon oh. Distillery as uh, they're known these yeah. days and uh, yeah so that's uh, the plan for both Eric anyway, he our Fan- former most capped player
2: Fantastic stuff, I haven't done a full list of, of players uh, because I just haven't had time to do it this time unfortunately, Tom yeah. Parks and Jamie Robinson, there's two for you, just throwing them out there off the top of my head um, they both play for both, if I remember rightly. Um, right, let's talk about United then, Dan. Um, injury-wise, it sounds like both mcgeek and Nugent are back fit, but they're not going to be featuring this weekend. I mean, we didn't want to expect Nugent to anyway. Yeah, there's. I think the there's backing. a
0: reserve game next week uh, yes. where I would expect both to get minutes.
2: I think that they say I they were think, looking
0: to... Blackburn, was it? Back Black back
2: I think they're yeah. looking to arrange a game against Blackburn and then there's a Central Cup game the week after as well, isn't there, I think, is the yeah. way it's working, I think. So, so yeah, so I think expecting. I think Nugent, they're going to save for the Central Cup game. But then I think the, the other reserve game, McGeerke definitely play in that as well. So that'll be a good test for them. And obviously Max Killsby out in London on, on, on an athletic, give him a little shout out because he scored in midweek, didn't he, Dan? Yeah, in the, uh, the Challenge
0: Trophy, which is the, their version of the uh, pizza, unfortunately, where a lot of yeah. B teams play. The um, B teams play in the, the one in Scotland well? as well?
2: Yeah. They do. Is that the same one as the one that has all the teams from Northern Ireland and Wales in it, or is that...
0: I, I think one? it
2: did at one point, yes. Oh, I mean, that's good. That, 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 that's more fun than having B teams in yeah. it, isn't it? There you go. No, Well done, Max. A 3-1 win in midweek. you got the goal in there. Um, right. Formation for this one then, Dan. What do you do? Do you stick with a four at the back and Go the diamond or four three three, or do you go back to that three five two for this one? Ah,
0: uh, probably three five two for me at home.
2: Yeah, you think you go back yeah. to it? Get Mellish back into defence, marauding forward, and what what would you do then in terms of the midfield free for this one? If you did that, I think the back five picks itself, and we know that Or back five or back four will pick itself either way. Yeah, but what would you go for in terms of the midfield free? Uh.
0: I think Guy and Moxon are pretty... Yeah. Probably Guy, Moxon and Gibson, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you. I think, I think Gibson's done enough to show... I think, yeah, he was better out wide in the second half against Wigan, but that was in particular circumstances. And I think, actually, in a midfield three with those two, that is, is an actual midfield three and not a diamond.
0: Yeah, when, when he's sort of playing as a, as a as a slightly drawn-back yeah. yeah. 10 type thing. Yeah, but he has... He, he, it, it, it will allow the full-backs to do what they do best and that's to get up and down and get crosses
2: yeah. in. And he could drift out wide and support him back on the right is what he usually does, doesn't yeah. he? When, we, when he played that last season. So, yeah. Um, front two, would you stick the same? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, stick with uh, Edmondson and Maguire. I think there was good signs there on Tuesday. So, we're pretty um, happy with that. I think we, we, we agree with the the plunge, um is an impact sub at the moment, isn't he? I think if he can come on and make a really strong impact like he did on Tuesday night, you'd be happy, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like I said earlier, Butworth and Garner haven't featured. You know, no. we've got options all over. Uh.
2: Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, right, uh, next, I mean, looking at the next six fixtures, Danny, it, it's, these next three, I think, are quite big ones, aren't they, in terms of trying to get some good points out of them, because after that, you've got Stevenage away, which is going to be a tough test by the looks of things. Lincoln away, first time we've been there in years, and they're always a half-decent side. And then Derby at home. So these three, Exeter at home, Port Vale away, and Shrewsbury at home, you'd hope to get maybe five points at least out of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have been positive here. Much um, predictions time. Uh, what you, I think, I think I've, I've not updated the points, actually, because Mike hadn't sent it to me when I put the thing together. But I think I'm on three points, you're on one. Yeah, no, I'm on uh, two are you on two sorry you're on two I'm yeah, on three exactly. uh, he, 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 I, don't, I can't i remember if he
0: explained but Mike's put a new scoring system in place yeah I'll let him do it next time yeah. it's something yeah, like, yeah. like
2: different points for scorers and correct scores and correct results yeah. and all that kind of stuff but yes I think I'm on three you're on two and uh, Mike's on zero so uh, nothing's really changed there is it me and you up at the top and Mike struggling yeah. behind this season what are you going to go for for this one
0: uh, solid 2-0 win for me Yeah. And I'm going to go for Edmondson and Gibson.
2: Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm also going to go for 2-0, but I'm going to go for goals from Maguire and um, Lavelle. Let's go Maguire and Lavelle for my goal scorers. Uh, Here's Mike's prediction for the game.
0: I'm going to go for a 2-1 win with goals from Maguire and Gibson.
2: Well, so There's a good mix across us, isn't it, really? The similar sort of players. He's, he's picked one each of one of the ones you've, we've picked, hasn't he? So fair play to him. Right, X-Files time, Dan. Fairly quiet midweek, wasn't it? Yeah, you have missed one or two out To send yeah oh. oh, did you say I'm, You know what? I will I let think... you off. You're bloody useless at times, you really. I think what it is, I think I did this very early, so that's probably why I've missed them. Yeah,
0: I'm uh, just getting up the, uh, the list right. Yeah, uh midweek there wasn't actually much action. Uh, no. Well, there was action. There wasn't much ex-Blues action. Uh, the main one, James Tavernia, scored a big goal for Rangers. 1-1 draw against Servette. Gets them through to double-headed against PS3 Eindhoven to qualify for the Champions League. Uh, mm. Ashley Addison, uh, played well for Gillingham, scored the only goal in a 1-0 win. Uh, they went top of the... Top of League 2. They're the only 100% team, I think.
2: Only 100%. And they've won all three games 1-0 as well. So, you know, 1-0 to the Gillingham, which uh, was raining out there this season.
0: (laughs) Andy Cook, four games in, still hasn't scored. And when you miss a penalty, that doesn't help Mm. things, does it?
2: No. In a 1-1 draw against uh, Uh, Stockport.
0: Also, uh, another one, Mark Beck scored on Wednesday night for Solihull. I think they won... 2-1 Two one at Barum Wood, mm. and one transfer of note this week. I'm just checking there's none other. Uh, former Lawney Tim Cruel, yeah, has uh, moved to Luton. Good mm. little move for him from Norwich.
2: Yeah, been there for a few years at Norwich now, hasn't he? So I think it being stuck in the championship probably didn't quite suit him, did it? I think if you wanted to get a move, so now fair play to him. And yeah. um, well, that's it, isn't it, Dan? I think nice short episode this week the dog walkers will be, the dogs will be relieved, the dog walkers not so much, I think, but, um, <laughs> but there you go. Um, yeah, so that that's this week's episode done. Um, thanks once again to our sponsors, the Lunar Branch, for their support this season. Just remind if you want to get in contact us, you can drop us an email, uh, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Brunton Bugle is the handle for those. Um, on Facebook as well, just search for the Brunton Bugle and, and click like for the page. And yeah, just remember to subscribe to the podcast as well. And uh, all good podcast apps, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, all those. And if you do have the opportunity to review podcasts on the service you use, please do give us a five-star review if you can. That'd be really fantastic. Um, yeah, up next, we'll have the exity review following uh, the weekend. And then a preview of the Port Vale game of the Bank Holiday weekend, would not it, Dan? So it's all uh, coming thick and fast and maybe have a little bit of a transfer, especially if something comes up uh, later on in the uh, transfer window at, at the end of August as well. Maybe something we could look at. Uh, Dan... Mm. Thanks for giving up your time today. Always appreciated. Thanks everyone for listening and up the blues. Up the blues.